That's why this morning, I'd like to share on the church will go on. Somebody shout, amen. amen. The church will go on. No matter who comes, no matter who goes, no matter who is in leadership, the church will go on. I believe that with all my heart. And let me tell you the reasons why the church will go on. And at the same time, let me reveal to you some of the secrets of my life that has kept me going for 30 years. You may agree, you may, not dis you may disagree. But let me share with you what keeps me going for the past 30 years. And at the same time, why I'm so confident about the future of the church. The church will go on. My text is taken from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23 to verse 27, as well as Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 19. Now, we will not be reading the whole text here, but let me just keep, uh, let me just extract certain key passages here. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Bible here says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Most of us do not understand, may not really appreciate how much Jesus Christ loved the church. How important the church is, even to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus loved the church, cared for the church so much, the Bible says, he gave his life for the church. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He went through the agony of the cross. Why? Because he loved the church. And you can, you can be sure about the church that God from the beginning has a plan for the church on how he's going to build the church on the weapons that he has put into the hands of the church and on the future victory and the present victory of the church. You can be sure about that because he said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, shall not overcome it. I say that the church will go on because number one, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Jesus is the head of the church. And there's so many references in the Bible to tell us very, very specifically even this truth. In Ephesians 5.23, Christ is the head of the church, His body, and is Himself His Savior. Christ is the head of the church. Ephesians 1.22, He put all things under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church. And Colossians 1.18, and He is the head of the body, the church. He is the head. 
And not only is, is he the head, he is also, as we have said, he is the owner of the church. He purchased the church. And what is the price that he paid? In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, he purchased it with his very own blood, with his very own life. He owned the church. The church belongs to Jesus Christ and he is the church. Why is that so very important? Hey, if we miss that, we miss everything. And we are building the wrong thing. It is very important for the church to recognize that. The church does not belong to any pastor. The head of the church is not the pastor or board members or head of ministries or any leaders or any members for that matter. It's very clear. The church belongs to Jesus Christ and He will not surrender that ownership to anybody. And let me say that if the pastor is the head of the church, we are in trouble. <laughs> and, the, and, and the ship would have sunk long time ago. But because Jesus is the head, the church is strong and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me say that I live under that consciousness for the past 30 years. When I came in here in 1992, I was amazed that God would put me here. But at the same time, I was humbled by the biblical fact and truth that Christ is the head of the church and He has never ever abdicated that for the past 2,000 years. And I live in that consciousness and awareness. Whatever that we do, Christ must be glorified. He must be enthroned. He must be lifted up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And that's why when we, did it, when we completed this building here in Vision Center 1, and when we had a simple dedication, I think it was the year 2003, around that. Then we, then we as normal, in dedication of buildings, there usually there is the plaque that's been put there in a very central place where everybody can see. And there will be usually, not all times, you know, usually the big name of the pastor there. But in this case, I told the committee, no. Don't put my name there. Don't put my name. I don't believe in that. And so you find as you come in, you find that this building is dedicated to the glory of God. That's all. To the glory of God. Hallelujah. And it happened again in 2013 when we dedicated Vision Center 2. Again, well, as a commemoration of the of, uh, of, the, of the completion of the building, of course, we put up the plaque as well. Again, I said, no name. No name. I do not want to put my name anywhere. Because I'm just an under shepherd. Jesus Christ is the head 
of the church and he is the owner of the church. Now, let me share this from my heart. You know, and some of you may not like it and think this is false humility and all that. But this is the conviction of my heart all the way through my life and ministry. I don't want my name to be on the plaque. What for? It is to be dedicated to the glory of God. And it is God who has done it all. And so you find that in many of the missions countries we are in, we have supported many churches, building of churches and whatnot. And many times they will invite you know, me or other, uh, the committee or others, you know, the country coordinators to dedicate the building. Most of the times I try not to. You know, but at times I couldn't avoid and have to be there. But at all times I say, they want, they want again here the dedication plug to be set up. And many times they ask the permission if I, they can use my name. I say no. So in many of these places, you will not find my name anywhere at all. Except maybe for one or two cases whereby they say, you must die. And for some reason, they twisted my arm this and that. And, and due to specific reason, you know, okay, I allow that. But very, very rare. And they say, what do we dedicate it? How, how do we put it in? I say, if you want to dedicate it, put it dedicated. You know, uh, 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 appreciation or dedicated or contributed by Glad Tidings Assembly of God. It's the entire body of Christ that has contributed to the building of the church for the glory of God. Because Christ is the head. And not only in this matter, you know, I'm happy that Christ is the head of the church. You know why? Because when I face certain situations as pastor, we face all kinds of situations. When we have problems with leaders and with members and with situations, with authorities and all that, you know what I do? I can come to God and say, God, Jesus, you are the head of the church. This is your problem. This is your problem, Jesus. Can you please help solve it? Hallelujah. And that's how I handle it, literally, really. If it is my church, I tell you, I will be worn out, stressed out, and uh, there will be wrinkles all over my face already. And there wouldn't be even a single strand of hair left. But I still got some hair. Hallelujah. <laughs> because I can come to God. God, this is not my church. This is your church. And, and that is how Moses many times operated. Do you know that? Oh, Moses got problems with the people of Israel, the children of Israel in the wilderness. And he will come to God and say, God, this is your people, not my people, your people. You solve it, oh God. It is just like parents, you know, sometimes when they have problem with a kid and the father will turn to the mother or the wife and say, ah, your son, your son. This is your son. You handle it. And I can come to God in that manner. And I tell you, it's a great relief. All right, I don't bear all of this burdens and responsibilities on myself. Now, of course, certain decisions still have to be made. But guess what? In all cases, I discover that God never fails. Hallelujah! God never fails. He always provides the solution. He always provides the resources because Jesus Christ is the head 
of glad tidings. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Type in the chat group and say, Jesus is the head of glad tidings. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Not only that, he said, I will build my church. Who will build the church? Who's the eye there? Jesus himself says that he will build his church. Please don't miss that out. He says, I. This passage, the context of this passage is Jesus Christ gathered his disciples and he asked them a question as to his own as to his identity, whether they understand they know who he really is, whether they understand his mission and all that he has been doing, or whether they were just caught up with the miracles and all those things. So he asked them the question: who do men say that I am? Some say this, some say that. But then Jesus asked again. But who do you say that I am? And there was Peter who just says and just uh, uh, confessed, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow, fantastic. Jesus commanded that as a revelation of the Father. And then Jesus said, Let me tell you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Scholars and theologians have always asked the question, who or what is Jesus Christ referring to when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church? Who or what is that rock? Different cults have been started just because of this statement of Jesus. Misunderstanding of it, misinterpretation of it. Some say it's based on the confession of Peter that Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Son of the living God, upon the confession some say it's upon Peter. You are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Some say it's, it's Jesus Christ himself to understand that. We go back to the Greek language, for example. When Jesus says, you are Peter, the word Peter comes from, comes from the Greek word Petros. Referring to a small stone that can be easily crushed, removed, thrown away. Insignificant, a small stone, Petros. But when Jesus says, you are Peter, and upon this rock, the word rock comes from a similar kind of a root word, but it comes from the Greek word Petra. Not Petros, but Petra. And Petra refers to a big rock. A mountain even, that cannot be easily moved or removed. So when Jesus says, yes, you are Peter, you are Petros, and upon this rock, I will build my church. These are two different things. When Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. I believe that he is referring to himself. The rock is Christ Jesus himself. The foundation of the church is very solid. It is built upon Jesus Christ himself. The living stone that the builders have rejected have now become the cornerstone. And it's very for, important for us to recognize that it is a solid church, stable church that Christ is building. 
And look at the way that he's going to build. He says, I will build my church. How is Christ building his church? When you are baking, if you are baking, let's say, for example, muffin, what do you do? Or cookies. Most of the time, you have what we call a mold, right? Or cookie cutter, they say. All right? And so you find that every muffin that comes out is more or less the same. It is most, almost like a factory line, almost the same. But God never builds his church with a cookie cutter or a mold. You find that he builds his church in varieties of ways. He doesn't build his church in one way, just like each one of us. No, not, no, no two person has the same fingerprint. Do you know that? Billions of people in the world, and yet all of us got different fingerprints. And likewise, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Filled with diversities. Amazing. So therefore, let's be very careful in how we judge the church. A small church in a rural area is not inferior to glad tidings. A mega church with thousands of people is not superior to glad tidings. It's just a different way that God builds his church. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ comes in all shapes and sizes. The Baptists, the Methodists, are they wrong? Jesus says, I will build my church in my way. We have to respect one another. We have to recognize that God is the one who builds. So let us not compare one with another. The Bible tells us he who compares himself with others is a what? He's a fool. Oh, the varieties that God, the different ways that God used to build his church. And we are glad because it would be so boring if every church is the same. And glad tidings has its distinctive flavor that cannot found, be found in any other church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let us rejoice and be glad. I have seen it through the 30 years of my life and ministry. So many times a new church comes to town and we say, hey, let's follow the church. What are they doing? Let's do it this way. Let's do it that way. No, we don't copy one another. We be who God has created and built us to be and we build on our strength and distinctiveness and be all that God wants us to be. That is glad tidings. That is the family of God here. So many times we measure it all by just growth and numbers. Missing out on the distinctiveness that God has called us to be. God says he will build his church. But the big question still remains. Yeah, vision, strategies are important. And we need to know the direction. But many times, 
God just comes in unexpectedly. You can't even prepare. Revival sweep through different ways. But ultimately, how does God build His church? You see, Jesus works in and through His church. We have to understand that. Jesus works in and through His church. He builds His church through His presence, the presence of God. Friends, that is so very important. It is the presence of God that is ultimately of greatest importance. Jesus says in Matthew 18, verse 20, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Now, this is not the verse to use when there is a poor turnout in the attendance in the church. All right? No. But the fact is this. There is a greater truth that Jesus says here. Where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. Guess what? He never said this of any other thing except of his church. You can belong to different clubs, different associations. You can belong to the, you know, you can join the boys' club. You can, boy, you can join the Lions' club, the Toastmasters' club, insurance club, bar council, city council. But to none of these things and bodies has ever Jesus says, when you gather together, two or three, I will be there in your midst. Now you can join a lot of projects, undertake a lot of good works and all that, save the will. Save the environment, sustainability, save the children from human trafficking. You can join in a lot of good works and associations that do all these things. But to none of these did, ever, did, did Jesus ever say, when two or three of you are gathered, I will be here. But it is only to the church, his body, that he gave this promise, where two or three are gathered, there I am in your midst. This is powerful. It is only to his church that he says this. And friends, if there's anything that I ever pray for for the past 30 years of my life and ministry, to me, it is the presence of God. More than anything else, just like Moses who says, God, if you are not with us, don't lead us into the promised land. Don't lead us there. Without your presence, it's nothing. It's nothing. And sometimes you can take the presence of God for granted. Like, like Samson who played around with sin, with sin and still think that the presence of God will be him, with him. But one day he woke up he stretched himself. He thought that he is still Samson, empowered by the Spirit of God, but he discovered that the presence of God has left him. I sought, always sought for the presence of God, whether you've been preaching the word of the Lord. You know how difficult it is to just come up here and minister. You see me here, come up here, do, you know, 
don't have notes, anything, just speak as if it is just off the mark. Oh, no. You know, at least 30 hours I've gone into, into the preparation, sometimes even days and weeks before I come up here. Every time. Because it's the presence of God. Without the presence of God, without the revelation of God from His Word, I've got nothing to deliver. I've got nothing to give to you all. It's the presence of God that we all cherish. And the presence of God is with His church. And because of that, brothers and sisters, the church will go on. It's not how clever we are. It's not our technology. It's not our organization. All these things are important, yes. But you take out the presence of God, nothing left. Nothing left. You know the story of Elijah and Elisha. God took up Elijah. He did not see death. He just disappeared in heaven in the chariots of God. But the anointing rested upon Elisha. He would be the successor to Elijah. And one of the first statements that was recorded for us after receiving the anointing and the mantle of Elijah upon him, Elisha cried out his first words, perhaps. And his first words are, Where? Where is the God of Elijah? He took out the mantle and he split the river Jordan into two and he walked across. To him, the question is, where is the God of Elijah? The presence of God. But the prophets on the other side saw it differently. They knew that God had taken up Elijah. But they came to Elisha and said, Master, allow us to go and search for the body of Elijah. Elisha says, no need. But they persisted and they said, allow us. We'll break into different groups and search the mountains, the valleys for the body of Elijah. And Elisha says, go ahead. Came back three days later and said, we couldn't find him. You see, a lot of us look for Elijah, the superhero, the anointed one. But to Elisha, it's a different period already. God is doing a new thing. And to him, the question is, where is the God of Elijah? It's the presence of God. As long as the presence of God is with us, church, we can go on. The church will go on and thrive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the presence of God can be manifested in different ways. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Oh, in the worship that we had this morning itself, it's so powerful. Powerful. The presence of God is with us. And for that, I'm glad. I'm so glad. Honestly, sometimes I struggle with the presence of God. Like some of you, maybe you don't face it. You always feel the presence of God. Praise God for that. But sometimes I don't. And sometimes you may search and search God. 
we need wisdom in this area. Give me your presence, Lord. And it seems to be evasive. But then I read the story of Abraham. Oh, we love Abraham, isn't it? God appears to him in such a wonderful ways, in visions, in dreams, in Tiffany's and all that. You know, we say, man, God, if you would just appear to me like that, I will be settled, man. But many times I search and seek the presence of God and he did not appear in that manner. But was God absent? If you read the story of Abraham, God appeared to Abraham only seven times in his lifetime. And how old was Abraham when he, when he died? 175 years old. And God appeared to him only seven times. God doesn't appear to him every year. Much less every month, much less every day. Not in that sense. There is a special appearances of God when necessary, he appeared in that manner and Abraham needed it. And that's the way he has dealt with me and with many of us as well. Oh yes, I have very, very powerful encounter with God in my past 30 years. But when there are many times also in the past 30 years, I wish that every year, I wish I can say that every day God appeared to me. Or even every year, God appeared to me. No, it doesn't happen that way. But many times, we just have to live by faith. We know God. We know His nature. We know how He reveals Himself, His Word, you know, His presence to us. And even though there is no manifestation, we know that God is still with us. And I'm fully assured for glad tidings here, after leading the church for 30 years, I'm fully assured that the presence of God remains here in glad tidings and will continue to lead the church into what He has for each and every one of us and for His glory, the presence of God. Then there's the power of God as well. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There are enemies. Hell itself, or Hades, the domain of Satan. The territory, the authority, or the power of Satan will go all out to destroy the church if he can. He will try to penetrate the church. He will try to manipulate the church. He will try to distract the church in any way that he can in order to distract and destroy the church. But we might, must not allow that to happen. Jesus already warned us. What is this gates of hell again? You find that gates are more for this defensive purposes, not for offensive. Who is on the offensive? It is the church that must be on the offensive. Attack the gates of hell, and he says, the gates of hell will not prevail. Who shall prevail? It is the church of the living God that shall prevail. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But again here, there is a warning, church, that we must be aware that where there is a battle going on. God builds His church, but it is always in the midst of confrontation and battle. And the devil will try to use any way, any person, any way, any institution possible in order to strip the church of its power. 
if we are not careful, we will fall into the trap of Satan. He will divide the church. If it can happen to Peter, it can happen to any one of us. Peter told Jesus, no, 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 you, it shall not happen to you. You shall not die in Jerusalem. And Jesus turned around to Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Wow, he's talking to the chief of the disciple. And yet at that moment of weakness, Satan used even Peter to distract Jesus, to prevent Jesus from doing the work of God. Let us not allow the divisive spirit to split us. Let us not allow us to become advocates of the enemy. The enemy is out there. And that's the gates of hell that we must tear down. Guess what? We are Hades gate breakers. We are gate breakers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's do it. Let's continue to be on the offensive. Let's continue to protect one another. Let's continue to work together in unity. Let's recognize the evil schemes of the enemy and do not allow him at all. A foot or even an inch or even one cm in the church. His power is always with us. The church is victorious. As you have said, His church is victorious. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. So when God builds His church, what kind of church do you see? Not a church that is weak, that is easily intimidated, that is easily penetrated from enemies outside, but a church that is strong, vibrant, dynamic, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Church, let's move on because God's power is with us and I've seen it over and over again. To God be the glory great things he has done. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I must move on. And this final thing is also very, very important. His people. Jesus builds his church with his people. I will build my church. And the word church itself comes from the Greek word ecclesia. Ecclesia means Call out ones. He has called out people. We are the call out people. Call out from darkness into his light. Call out. And these call out people becomes the instruments of God to build his church. Call out from our sinful ways. Call out from our self-centered ways. Call out from our selfishness into His light of grace and mercies of love and hope. I like Thayer's dictionary translation of the 
uh, interpretation of the Greek word ecclesia. And, and, and Thayer's dictionary says uh, ecclesia means people who are called out from their homes to go into the public places or assembly. Listen to me, those who are still online. It's time to get out of your home. Into the public arena. Hallelujah. And that's where we are, the assembly of, of, of people. How can we assemble if by ourselves alone? No. Call out to assemble together in the public arena to make a public declaration of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That is the church. Hallelujah. But you, you read the Bible. Read the Bible. Except for creation and except for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whenever God wants to do a work, He uses human agency. Creation and resurrection, totally 100%. The, the work of God and Him alone. But other than that, when He wants to move a nation, a church, or His people, He uses a human agency. His people. It may be just one person. It may be a group of people. So when God wants to save the, 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 the world, He started with three person, then 12 person, then 3,000 people. And the church is formed. And now the church is triumphant. Billions of people all over. The ecclesia of God. God does not build His people or, or His church just just one person. It is always a body of believers. Call out once. And I thank God that through the past 30 years, God has, I've seen how God has built this church. In 1992, God called a young man, 35 years old at that time, to just be the main pastor of Glad Tidings. He was shocked that God would choose him, but he came anyway, thinking that he would just be the pastor for just three years and after that move on to Pioneer Church. Pioneering has always been in his heart. In fact, his aim was to go to Chowkit. Chowkit. And start a church there in the inner city. But God brought him here And instead of three years, it turned to 30 years. <laughs> but the dream and the passion of this man is still there. He may still go back to Chowkid. <laughs> but I'm amazed. I'm not the only person. When I came in here, there were many wonderful pastors. I came in here as the ninth pastor of Glad Tidings, number nine. And as they say, if I can see further, it is because I'm standing on the shoulders of these great men and women. Nine pastors whom God has raised up and used here in Glad Tidings, starting from Howard Osgood, the founding pastor. And for all of these people, I salute 
and I respect them and just thank God for them. But it's not, like I say, it's not the past, just a pastor. There are so many of you here. We have served the Lord together. I thank God for every single pastor. I appreciate each one of them. We have fought the Lord's battle together. We have gone through the thick and things. And God continues to raise up people. I'm so glad for people like Pastor Meifong, where are you? Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. Sister Elus, where are you? Yeah. The young generations that God is raised up. I'm so proud of people like Pastor Roger, Pastor Gwen, Pastor Pat, and so many others. And of course, Pastor Michael and, and all the pastoral team. And for Pastor James and Pastor Linda, who have stood with me for 30 years. They were here even earlier than me, and they still are here. I cannot do a lot of things without them. In fact, I cannot do things at all without them. And I really appreciate each one of you. Not just the present leaders, but even the past one. People like the late Arthur Lee. I miss that man. <laughs> People like Sister Jenny Chan. The late Jenny Chan, who loves the house of the Lord so much, always has the best decoration for the church. And as recent as Sister Violin, one of the head uh, ushers uh, uh, leader who just went home to be with the Lord recently. I love them and I appreciate each one of them. And each one of them have contributed. They serve the Lord. They dedicated their lives to serve God. These are the people of God that God used to build up glad tidings to where we are now. And there are many other present leaders. You know, I, 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 I don't have time to just mention each one of you. From the, you know, from the traffic controller to, to the usher, to everybody, every one of you. You are the one that God is using even to bless the church. And guess what? God will continue to use each one of you. Hallelujah. He will continue to build His church through each one of you. Don't think that, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, I'm not able to. When I came in as a 35-year-old pastor, I don't have a lot of things. And one of the things that I asked the board members is, are you sure you want me? I was very direct. And one of the things I asked them is, I'm single, you know. Are you sure you want a single pastor? And I think it was Pastor Kwamin who says at that time, he was in the board. He said, don't worry, pastor, we will pray for you. <laughs> After 30 years, Pastor Kwamin, what happened? <laughs> now, that is one of the tasks or things that is not accomplished, all right? <laughs> Who is to blame? Nobody is to blame. I can joke about it. But brothers and sisters, it's been such a joy serving with such wonderful people, so committed unto the Lord, so love, you love the Lord so much, you know? And I'm so glad. Now, as I say, I will still be around. All right? 
and I'll do whatever I can to contribute in any way. I look at people like Pastor Russell, Pastor Mary, Pastor Kwon Min. All these were past eight, 70 years old last year and they retired. But guess what? They are still here serving. Humble servants of the Lord. They are always, I see them, they are always encouraging people. They are always praying for people. And I offer myself just like them to the church, free of charge. <laughs> if God wants to use us in any way, He will. The worst thing that can ever happen to anybody, any leader, any pastor, is to become an armchair critic and begin to criticize this and that. Don't ever become an armchair critic. But let us all, when the time comes for us to move on, let us move on gracefully with a generous heart and always encouraging, encouraging the next level of leadership, the next generation. Come on, you can do it. Come on, run the race. I am with you all the way. And that's how I am exiting glad tidings as the main pastor. I will be cheering all of you all. God will continue to use you and the church will go on because the anointing, the presence, the power of the Lord will continue to be with you. Somebody shout Amen. The church will move on because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. The church will move on because Jesus is the one who will build the church. The church will go on because God continues to work and in and through His church. To God be the glory. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Stand with me right now. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah! Let us raise our voice to just worship the Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory, 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 glory. Let's surrender our life unto the Lord. I tell you, it is just such a joy to be in this church because we know the hand of the Lord is here. And each and every one of you, you are part of this church. And, and as I say, Jesus loves the church. Jesus loves you so much. Hallelujah. And Jesus will continue to lead you. Jesus will continue to grant His presence to be with you. Jesus will protect you from the snares of the enemy. And Jesus will anoint you. Jesus will use you for His glory. Will you just raise your hands and surrender yourself unto the Lord. And seek for the blessings and the presence of God to be with you in your life. And to be with us here in glad tidings as He continues to do His new work in our midst. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we come before You even right now. We surrender ourselves before You right now. Lord, oh God, I'm so thankful to You. Lord, that You have been with us for 30 years. Your faithfulness never
ever feels your Lord at every junction of the challenge of the church you have been there and you have blessed your people you have used your people different ones at different times your Lord you have raised up because you know what is best for the church and today your Lord we the people of God Surrender ourselves under the authority, under the lordship, under the headship of Jesus Christ. Lord, fill your church, I pray, even with the power of the Holy Spirit, that we will continue to move on, to boldly declare Jesus Christ to a lost and a dying world. I pray, dear Father, that you will unite our hearts together and our eyes will always be fixed on Jesus and Jesus alone. We crown you Lord and Master. Take your rightful place now and always, dear Lord, in glad tidings. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Give him a big clap offering. Amen. Amen.